Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you, Allison? Pretty good. Um, thanks, thanks for joining yeah. me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really um, excited about this and uh, thank you for asking me to talk about, um, you know, nutrition for what I like to do. And um, I feel like, you know, nutrition is so personal. Yes. So hopefully I can uh, relate to somebody and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's exactly why I'm doing this. I, I just wanted to bring the insights of pros in the field um, to students because I think it can really help them learn that nutrition isn't a one size fits all thing. And it's not just about reading an article on Google and applying that nutrition information to you. I really want them to just hear from as many different professionals as possible. So thank you again. And so Allison, I figured I'll go through some questions and we'll just take it from there. Great. Yeah. Okay. So as you know, a lot of dancers face a ton of challenges when it comes to topics like food and body image. Did you mm -hmm. ever come across challenges in your path? To, to your professional career, whether that was through your pre-professional days or your professional days. I'd just love to hear any challenges you had and how you overcame them. Um, so I'm gonna answer yes. Uh, I think because I had an unconventional path to becoming professional and it was mainly of my choice. So uh, when I was in eighth grade, which I think I was just turning 13, I was or mm -hmm. about to turn 13, I decided that I wanted to be normal, quote unquote. And I told my mom, like after being obsessed with ballet hours on end a day since I was, you know, four, five years old, that I didn't want to dance anymore because I wanted to like go to high school and go to basketball games and football games with my friends. So I actually quit from eighth grade until my junior year of high school. Oh, wow. And when I came back, it was the first time that I actually experienced kind of feeling like body image wise, I wasn't fitting in mm -hmm. um, with the group. And I never had that experience. And I didn't understand it. But I basically went th through puberty mm -hmm. as a normal kid and not, you know, working with the ballet technique. Yes. And that's really, you know, an integral part, or, you know, time frame for us ballet dancers. Mm -hmm. uh, we learn a lot, our bodies change. And when you're dancing during the change, I feel like, you know, you move in that direction, but I moved more towards, you know, so a non-dancer. Sure. Yeah. So that was the first time that I started to feel like I had to um, reevaluate my body. And I was, you know, 17 or 16, about to turn 17. Um, you know, that's a really hard age for girls. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then I went through it again when I went to college. And that was also my choice because I sort of was a rebel. I just wanted to enjoy college. Like mm -hmm. all of my issues, I think always have stemmed from the fact that like I wanted to push the idea of what a ballet dancer was because I just wasn't okay with feeling like I was trapped in that world at any point. Sure. Sure. And so, um, I feel like I can actually very much relate to that because that even in my path as a dancer, I definitely felt there was a time probably when I was 19, so maybe a little bit older, but where I felt like I had one foot in each world. I wanted a foot in this like normal, go to college, academic type of world, and also still wanted to keep a foot in the dancer world. And then of course, as you know, just the uh, demands of the dance world, yeah. especially leading to a professional track, can make that very challenging. And I think a lot of dancers uh, struggle with that, especially as you said, being a dancer and going through those those puberty years uh, yeah. can be really tough. But like what, but the unconventional path that you took, it's really interesting to hear that it was a struggle for you kind of getting back into that passion. Yeah. yeah, and it was, it kind of hit me, you know, from the side because I didn't expect it because I never, I had never felt insecure about my body before sure. that time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel insecure about my body when I was in school, just how I looked. And then I mm -hmm. walked back into the ballet world and it sort of was like, whoa, what is this feeling? Yeah. I've never had that before. And yeah. I actually ended up doing something really radical. Um, and I got injured oh. and I know it was because of what I did. And so yeah. Um, I actually decided to do what was, you know, the Atkins diet at that point. Okay. Yeah. And I was 18 at this time. I was a senior in high school because I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like not eating carbohydrates. I yeah, mean, so I was eating them through vegetables, mm -hmm. um, but I cut out carbohydrates and I, you know, I dropped so much weight so fast and I tore my Achilles. And I know like, I know that it was because of my diet. And mm -hmm. I have never looked back at dieting ever since that day. So for everyone just listening, I just want to back up. So Atkins is a very low carb diet. And to be honest with all of you out there, Atkins is like today's keto diet. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so for those of you, because I, I get a ton of questions about, you know, should dancers be following keto or they hear that a dancer has found success with the keto diet. Um, well, you're hearing it right here with Allison that that actually led her to an injury, uh, falling into such an extreme behavior, like cutting carbohydrates completely from your, from your diet, really going to result in you feeling tired, whether that is going to result in the this mental cause of the injury in regards to like maybe just being tired and not being on your full um, potential in class and like just putting yourself at risk for an injury or even just an injury from the inside out, like um, low bone mass and being at risk for uh, stress fractures. So I think that's really such a good point, Allison, that you, what you experienced and went through with following a diet like Atkins or for those listening, the keto diet um, really could put you at risk for those injuries. Yeah. And I, you know, um, my body, I do have a fast metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the combination of getting back into a rigorous routine where I was dancing, I ended up um, 
my senior year of high school, leaving school mm -hmm. at 10 a.m. every morning and then going and dancing all day at a program. Mm -hmm. So it was like I started that program and I decided to go on this crazy diet. Mm -hmm. And it was like I, I got hit, you know, yeah. very fast. And I didn't understand my body. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I learned from that day. And honestly, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, I really never spent another day dieting. That's awesome. That's yeah. really awesome that you learned from that experience. So would you say that was a, a time where you pinpointed that what you were doing with the foods on your plate was actually having an impact on your body and on your performance? Well, so I understood that that was happening. My, my family, my mother and my stepfather, we were always like gym rats. Mm -hmm. So I actually, my, like one of my very first jobs were at a gym. And so they were always healthy. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was like a part of my life, but still that wasn't the ideal look of what a ballerina was, sure. was or what I was being told at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so not only did it really like put me on a path to understand a healthy way or what, what actually helps you achieve like quote unquote a ballerina body, mm -hmm. but it has also really changed how I approach teaching and those those years in a dancer's life where you know for actually for ladies i feel like and this was getting into my college years i feel like your bodies don't really turn into what they're going to be until you're like 23 and, and literally that happened to me um but i always had you know my mom tell me you know because she has a similar body of, to me Mm -hmm. And she said that she went through like um, crazy weight fluctuations until she was like about 23. And she said, Allison, one day it just all changed. And I didn't believe it. But mm -hmm. literally that exact thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I don't go through radical like weight changes mm -hmm. ever. I mean, aside from when I was pregnant. But yeah, I mean, so I, I just it just changed me in a positive way. And I think mm -hmm. mostly just how I approach now students in my yeah. school yeah no this is a fabulous point i would say that majority of the dancers that reach out to me who are always concerned about their weight are on the younger years going yeah. through puberty you know between yeah. the as young as 11 uh through i would say around 20 and i think it's really important for them to realize that your body is meant to change through those years yes. and it's really not going to feel stable until no. you hit your mid twenties. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. And it's like, for me as an educator, I couldn't imagine putting my dancers through like what some of us have experienced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that's how I feel like I'm positively changing um, the culture. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's like, and all, you know, and also I can't ever imagine looking at like a teenage you know child whether it be a girl or a guy and being like i can predict your future yeah <laughs> and yeah. and like and not giving a child an opportunity because they don't look i mean it's just so old it just needs to be thrown away Absolutely. and that's what we're doing at Artie motion and i will stay dedicated to that um until yeah. the end of time yeah and um i always say and i'm sure you're gonna agree with this but what kids I say kids, teenagers in particular, mm -hmm. you guys have to understand that for us professionals, like we are in the studio from 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. 
There is absolutely nothing that you can do that compares to that schedule. Mm -hmm. So when you look at our bodies, especially I would say, I feel like at Ballet West um, in particular, we have a very, I can't speak on behalf of any other company or group. I'm just saying from, sure. from what I'm associated with, we have a very healthy approach to making sure our bodies are the strong, mm -hmm. strongest they can be and our minds. And so you walk into that environment and you see healthy bodies, but it is literally our work hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but I found, you know, I definitely have to be eating and drinking way more than I would on any normal day just yeah. to maintain my schedule. Yeah. You know, the, the bottom line is that calories are the fuel for a dancer. Calories, yes. carbohydrates, protein, fat, it's all needed for a dancer's performance and for the health of their body. And trying to control either one of those aspects of your diet is going to lead you like it did in high school to an injury. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you make such a great point that, you know, your schedule as a professional dancer, um, it doesn't lend time to restrictive eating habits. Restrictive eating habits can be very time consuming. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your schedule means that you are constantly needing to fuel your body sufficiently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it just proves in your performance and in your abilities at that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I went through another um, extremely crazy time mm -hmm. after, you know, I had a child and mm -hmm. one of the things that I was going, I was refusing to do was try to lose that weight fast. Sure. And um, I knew I had to come back to work, but I chose my baby and I was like, you know, I... I'm going to allow my body to go through the journey that it did over a year. Because when I got pregnant, mm -hmm. I didn't know I was pregnant, but immediately oh. I started gaining weight mm -hmm. and I was still dancing 10 hours a day mm -hmm. and I was eating the exact same way. In fact, I felt like I was, I actually craved more like fruits and vegetables whenever mm -hmm. I was pregnant than I even do whenever I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know I was pregnant and I, you know, started gaining literally a pound a week. So mm -hmm. the journey of it, I felt like my body was telling me what to do. And then after I had the baby, um, I, you know, I was breastfeeding and I was like, sure. okay, my body needs everything. Sure. Um, so when I came back to my full-time dancing schedule, mm -hmm. I felt like I still had some of the weight on that I had gained and mm -hmm. um, it was helping me get through. So I was eating a lot, drinking mm -hmm. a lot. Um, cause I wanted to keep my milk supply up cause I wasn't sure of how that was going to go. You know, you hear horror stories of like people, oh, yeah. I, um, I... but I actually had talked to my doctor and, <laughs> um, she said, you know, Allison, you're, you're so active before you got pregnant. It's usually the women who, um, aren't very active and then mm -hmm. they try to be extremely active and they lose their milk. So it gave me, you know, kind of a peace of mind, but, yeah. um, about, I would say nine or 10 months after having Ajax, all of a sudden, I felt like my metabolism um, sped up like tenfold. Mm -hmm. And I was in the middle of a rehearsal. And also, you know, I, I do, I'm, I'm admitting that I did experience postpartum depression, which a lot of people don't talk about. But um, in the middle of a rehearsal of a ballet, like for Nutcracker that I've been doing for 12 years, I couldn't get through it. Interesting. And mm -hmm. 
I was crying and I was like, my body's giving up on me. What's wrong with me? And I was just like, I'm not strong enough. I'll never be able to do this again. However, I had already been doing it for months. Um, and at that point I realized I actually had to be eating hmm. way more than I was thinking because sure. all of a sudden that the reserve that was there to keep my, myself and my baby healthy, it just went away because I was dancing so much. Absolutely. So I had to make another shift. So it's just crazy the journey. If you just maybe listen to your body, this was my experience. Mm -hmm. um, it actually tells you what it needs and sometimes we ignore it. Yeah, I, I think this is fascinating. So Allison, I'm actually pregnant right now. I'm in my Cool, congrats. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Let's see, I'm, I'm 25 weeks. And cool. um, one thing that I always say about pregnancy is it is like the kickstarter to intuitive eating. You yeah. can't not listen to your body when yes. you're pregnant. Yes. Um, when it, and it's so funny because I, with this pregnancy, I'm experiencing a similar thing where I want more fruits and vegetables and fresh foods. With yeah. When I was pregnant with my son, it was actually the opposite. I struggled with wanting those fresh items. And that was, that was one of the biggest challenges that I experienced in my life so far. Um, for someone who, you know, as a dancer and even as a dietitian and always wanting these fresh or whole foods, not even being able to stomach that was like, I, I almost lost a piece of my identity during that first trimester when I was having my son. It was very difficult mentally on me. Yeah. Um, but I, but at the same time, I also knew I had to listen to my body. And another thing, which I'm sure you're going to agree with pregnancy, looking back on it, it is temporary. It's like this, this temporary time that you put that your body is going through. Mm -hmm. And I try and remind some of my friends that who are going through pregnancy as well, because it can be scary. The changes that you see with your body can definitely be um, full of anxiety, especially yeah. for a dancer. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's important to realize that, that the body is meant to change. And I yeah. said that before, and you alluded to it too. You know, our body is meant to change. We're meant to listen to it and to allow our body to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I danced until the day I had Ajax. I did mm -hmm. gyrotonic until the day I had yeah. Ajax and still I gained 75 pounds. And if yeah. I learned anything, it was like, that was my body's reaction to these, yeah, this sure. in increasingly like hormonal, you know, shift. Yeah. And I have a very healthy son and I feel like that's why. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, I'm just, I'm okay with it. And like I said, you know, I'm really passionate about the subject um, mm -hmm. because I know in other situations, women have maybe, and I'm talking about in the dance world, maybe I've mm -hmm. felt some pressures um, to choose their career over the health of themselves or their babies, especially after having the baby. Right. And I'm extremely um, bullheaded. And so I'm going to do what I want anyway, but I do have to acknowledge that my boss, Adam Sklut, was extremely um, just so understanding and so you know in the in the past two years four of us have had children mm -hmm. wow and three of those ladies were principal dancers and i'm a first mm -hmm. soloist so we're dancing mm -hmm. the most in the company and we never felt like it was you know impeding on our career or coming back and he was also very good about asking us like how we felt and when we wanted to come back and never you know felt like how we looked mattered and so I do think I have a healthy environment here and so I'm thankful for that um and I just encourage you know young dancers that want to have children one day to just 
I have to say, just make sure you know who you're working for. Um, oh, so I love that you're saying this right now, because this actually came up very recently in a conversation for me um, about something on social media. And it was the idea of, uh, and you can, you can definitely chime in on this as an educator, the idea of educators, the comments that they say to dancers and how dangerous that can be. And for a dancer or their parents to make sure that the environment that their child is in is actually harvesting a healthy environment. It sounds like Ballet West is doing an incredible job. And I can't imagine that Art Emotion is also doing an incredible job as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the company, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the company Ballet West, you know, because sure. that's just where my experience is. I feel sure. like, um, at least when it comes to, you know, pregnancy and that whole journey, I feel like it's a very, very nurturing and um, great environment. And awesome. like I said, with Art Emotion, I have, and my, my husband and I both have just been like, we're never going to tell a child that they don't have a spot dancing with us because of their bodies. I just yeah. will never do that. Mm -hmm. And that, that's incredible. That yeah, really, and I've heard things, a lot the opposite from yeah, other and, companies. Well, yeah. And what we say is that, I mean, the reality of it is, is if you have a hundred kids in the room, they're not all going to become ballet dancers. And what as dance instructors, as dance instructors, what we have to understand is that we are basically raising these kids in a different way than they're, they're, they are getting raised at home. And they're going to be other things. And how do we raise like successful children in any aspect of life if we're putting them down? And Definitely. so, you know, we don't just look at the ballet studio as like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna harvest you know, like 100 professional ballet dancers, like that's completely like, mm -hmm. unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So one of the first questions we ask, you know, is who wants to be a ballet dancer and everybody raised their hands like we have a hundred kids at one of our summer intensives every wow. year we cap mm -hmm. it at that and i'm like okay guys this is like going to be an honest place i said it's okay to admit you don't want to do this right. and so then they start putting down their hands i'm like okay this is step one <laughs> right but i say like what you're going to learn here about self-respect and that includes your diet mm -hmm. um amongst many other things is going to make you successful at anything you do. And then we see an, an incredible shift in their work ethic. Yeah. Um, so we actually, um, at one of our intensives in Cleveland, Ohio, that we do every year where we do have a hundred, actually 125 kids, we hire a, um, a restaurant called fuel cafe and mm -hmm. it's an all organic restaurant and they cater to any nutritional needs. Like, um, if people have allergies of, of any kind, they can mm -hmm. handle it. And um, so we make it a huge point to try to teach these kids to, to eat like well-balanced meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacking. We, we have snack breaks between mm -hmm. every class. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is that like one of the biggest feedbacks we get from parents is like, the food is too healthy. And I'm <laughs> like, look, that's okay. Like if your child and you want to eat a certain way, that's, that's fine. But for this intensive, we're gonna try to teach these kids that in order to have in order to like sustain six to eight hours a day this is what you probably should try to do Absolutely. and like I feel like that's part of our jobs as well like because you yeah. know going from two to three hours to six hours is just yeah. insane so yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, you yeah. know for, for all the dancers listening to Allison right now I want to point out again that Allison is describing in an environment that is so um, is just harvesting such a healthy, balanced approach to 
what you can be in the dance world, whether it is a professional ballet dancer or whether it's something else, whether it's um, a dietitian that works with dancers or um, a critic, right? A, a dance critic. So I think it's really important to, again, just take a step back and make sure that you are dancing in an environment that is supporting all of this education, uh, not just what we do at the bar, but how we also get through it physically, uh, learning how to build balanced meals. Um, so that's just so incredible, really. Thanks. Yeah, we're proud of it. And it's hard work, but it's, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, um, I would love to ask you specific questions about how you like to fuel, especially now, obviously things are a little bit different now. We're amidst summer intensives. Uh, we're not really, I, I assume you're not really in a performance mode right now. No, we actually have been um, laid off from dancing since okay. the February, but we okay. just, we think we're going to end up being back at work um, at the beginning of September, which is awesome still like later than we should have been but sure. I'm really excited about that but we've actually just finished six six straight weeks of intensives virtual and in person so <laughs> it's wow. been long. so but, Allison I would love for you to just walk me through what a day of eating does look like for you obviously a day of you know what I eat in a day looks different for everyone but yeah. would love to hear how you you know how you like to fuel your body okay um so I never skip breakfast and if I do um, I'm usually like not in a good place. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I drink coffee every day. I can't live without it, but I only drink it in the mornings generally. Um, very rarely I'll have it later in the day, but it's mostly just for like a social re reason. It's not because I live on, um, I just love the taste. So I start with coffee. I usually start with oatmeal or actually like we make, um, breakfast burritos with like eggs and cheese oh, and all that. Coffee. Um, <laughs> So that's what I eat in the morning time. And then we have company class, which is an hour and a half. And immediately after company class, I usually drink like an organ. So mm -hmm. a, a protein shake. Sure. Uh, and then we go three hours after that straight. And each hour we have a five minute break. So I'm constantly snacking on those five minute breaks, whether it, I mean, it could be anything that I feel like eating that day. Um, but you know, like small snacks that are like quick to eat so I can just throw them in my mm -hmm. mouth. Um, yeah. like maybe like cheese and crackers or some, mm -hmm. nuts, um, you know, bars, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then for lunch, um, I actually end up eating like something heavy, which I don't think like very many dancers like to do. Cause I, I often am like getting asked like, how do you do that and be able to dance? I'm like, I, I don't have like any stomach problems like that. So sure. like, I like to eat, you know, like sandwiches mm -hmm. um, for lunch um, or something like that. Basically, I, I just like run out and get something. So one of the things that I am really bad about is I don't really cook. Like I, we mm -hmm. actually, because we're so busy, yeah. we, we eat out a lot, including for lunch, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> So again, we have three more hours and I do a lot more snacking. I find though, um, I'm not as hungry the, the second half of the day because mm -hmm. I feel like I eat so much the first half of the day, but that's just like, I'm, I'm just more hungry. So one of the things mm -hmm. I say is that I actually eat when I'm hungry. Yeah. I don't wait until like I'm extremely hungry unless like I get so in the summer times when we're in the middle of summer intensives, I find myself sometimes like getting so busy and then I'm like too hungry. But while, while I'm dancing, I actually just eat when I feel hungry. 
So, you know, what I want to point out, a couple of things that I love what you're doing, um, and I want dancers to realize this, is you're, you're, it sounds like you're top-loading your day a little bit, where you are, you know, making sure you're eating what sounds like at least every three hours, which is yeah. something that uh, is super important for dancers, because I think what's happening is that that schedule is kind of setting you up to listen to your intuitive feelings of hunger in the afternoon. That's yeah. what it sounds like, um, really staying on top of fueling yourself with a solid breakfast, um, grab a, uh, on the go snacks every three hours throughout that time and a really sufficient lunch. So by the time you get to the afternoon, you fueled yourself already pretty sufficiently where yeah. you've, you've set yourself up now to be able to actually honor your hunger and your fullness cues, as opposed to, like you said, going, a, if you're really busy, accidentally going a really extended period of time, you end up where you're just like famished uh, oh, yeah. like, during the day. Like really foggy brains. I cannot yeah. operate on, on, you know, not eating. I get, you know, pretty much just like I can't function. So, um, but for dinner, I actually eat a really heavy, large dinner. And, um, you know, if we do cook, we like to do like, um, like chicken thighs with rice and vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, I eat a lot of pastas at night. Um, uh, we eat a lot of beef. I mean, I do, I do eat meat. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just love to eat meat. I, I know sure. that's not, not people's choices, but, um, but then we eat a lot of, um, like Thai food, Indian food mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and then I usually end up having something else before I go to bed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, number one dinner, making that like more of this recovery meal where it's like you have yeah. a really quality source of protein, whether that's animal based or plant based, anything yeah. can work, honestly, yeah. as long as it's there. Um, I love that you're incorporating carbohydrates again, just to like really ram that into our dancers, the importance of carbohydrates for your, for your fuel. Yeah. I mean, especially when we're in performance mode, mm -hmm. I'm always eating a heavy carb meal before, especially a two, two show day. Right. Sure. Because I feel like for me, it just, it makes a difference. If, if I go low carb in any way, I just don't feel like my body is working. And mm -hmm. it's just a really funny thing. I get made fun of it for all, like all the time. They're like, it's just because you're Italian. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it could be, and it's like what I've grown up on, but right. I mean. Honestly, I eat a lot of pizza. Mm, I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, I, I mean, I told you I'm not like this conventional how you would think, but I just feel like it's just what is best for me. I have to feel yeah. like my stomach is really full. Sure. Or do you want to know what my my biggest fear is? And this is no lie. And I was it was one of the questions you sent me. But what? my fear is in the middle of a show being hungry. Mm-hmm. And That's a really good point. It's like when I feel like I don't have energy because I'm hungry, then I get afraid. I get afraid. I always end up in really high intensity roles on stage mm -hmm. and I need the stamina. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I do feel like I get it with my food. Yeah. You know, I, I again, I just want to re reiterate a couple points that you're saying here. First of all, I love 
your approach to food. It's so just, you know, you're honoring what you want, what you're craving, whether it is a conventional healthy option or maybe what society kind of deems as being maybe less healthy. Yeah. You're honoring what you want in the moment. You're satisfying yourself. And I think that plays a huge role in your sustainability as a dancer. Yeah. Because, because when you get into really tunnel vision with food, um, it's all you think about. It's like your fear of being hungry on stage. If you're hungry on stage, food is the only thing you're going to be thinking about. You're yeah. not going to be thinking about the choreography and getting through the, um, the steps. Yeah. And I do feel like, I mean, I, this is just, again, from my experience or what I've seen, it's just when you go, like, when you feel like you're doing something like binge eating in any way, mm -hmm. I think it's like a mental thing because you're just not allowing yourself to eat what you're, what you want. And if what you want is what your body wants, then like, it's okay. You know what? Absolutely. For, for you don't end up overeating it if you just tackle it when you want it. Yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah. I would say this really clicked for me with pregnancy, actually. Okay. Um, again, really being forced to listen to what you want mm -hmm. um, and not being able to fight that. And I think it's so important that you bring up binge eating or just overeating in general. You know, when, when I hear of a dancer who's t talking to me about that cycle of undereating and overeating, so often that period of overeating for them is really just their body biologically catching up to what they've omitted for whether it's a day or for like the week and it's a Saturday now and they're overeating. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really important. Like once you find that balance, your body's not going to feel the need to just get it all in before it's gone. Yeah. And, and the one thing I've never understood is like, and I'd love to hear what you, I mean, you're the expert on this, but like when people do, you know, a cheat day, I'm like, what is that? Because <laughs> for me, it's just hard to understand how you would like want to maintain a certain thing for, you know, five, six days of the week. And then one day you're just going like all out on all this crazy stuff. I feel like yeah. that has to mess up your stomach so bad. hundred percent. You know, one thing I like to point out is that let's say for me, I have a sweet tooth or something that I happen to love is pizza, for example. And if I were classifying these foods as quote unquote bad foods, and I'm only going to save them for my quote unquote cheat day, cheat day mm -hmm. um, I'm going to, fall into this pattern of anytime I eat that food that I happen to love, I'm turning it into a negative experience. Yes. I'm making it into what could be something that makes me happy and something that's fun. I'm turning it into an experience where I feel sick after, my stomach hurts after, the next morning I wake up and I regret what I did. Yeah. So so it's it's so important for us to really try and strive for a positive relationship around our meal times and you can't do that if you're not allowing yourself a certain food and then you're going overboard on the food that one day a week yeah and you know one of the things i do um that i think a lot of people don't do is i never feel guilt about mm -hmm. what i put in my mouth mm -hmm. so even it like okay so the one thing that i do try to I wouldn't say completely avoid, but I don't eat very often our fried foods. Okay. Mm -hmm. and that was only because um, <laughs> when I was in college, I mean, college is a crazy time. I mean, anyone who's been in college knows, like I would be up all night doing college things and, mm -hmm. you know, like just not taking care of myself. We don't, sure. sleep. you're like, you know, doing work, you're, you know, having fun, all of these things. And I, 
that was like the only time in my life where I started having like stomach issues. Mm. And I went to the doctor and um, the doctor was like, well, Allison, like I'm not finding anything serious. He's like, you probably have to do some things with your diet. And he was like, no more coffee. What did he say? No more like sauce, like Italian, like, you know, mm. sauce. And then mm -hmm. he said, no more fried foods. And I was like, well, I'm not giving up coffee. I'm absolutely not giving up. <laughs> like, I will try this no fried food thing. So actually for probably like five or six years, I didn't eat fried foods at all. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the best I ever felt. Wow, interesting. So something that I want to point out is that, Allison, you're not necessarily restricting a food. You're actually listening to your body because yes. your food doesn't, doesn't necessarily agree with you. Yes. So actually, one of the articles that I posted today in my blog is like really learning how to decipher what is a food rule and what's more of a food choice that's just coming from experiences that you've had. Um, in this current pregnancy, I actually get very bad reflux from red sauce, which kills me because I'm not Italian, but I do love Italian food. Yeah. But I've had to actively make an effort to avoid pasta with red sauce or uh, or like red pizza. I, I do like white truffle pizza and things like that. But yeah. so it's, it's a matter of like you can make food choices without turning them into food rules. I think it's just really learning to listen to your body. Yeah, that's, that's really for me like the only food that I feel like physically sick after I eat too much of it. So I still mm -hmm. fried foods now, like it all went downhill after like one mozzarella stick. Like it just, <laughs> I was like, I have to be, I have to eat them. Um, <laughs> so I don't not eat fried foods. It's just like when I go to a restaurant and somebody asks me like, what do you want on the side? It's very rare that I end up eating the fries just because that's the only time my stomach doesn't agree with it. And, mm -hmm. um, that was the only choice I think that even now, um, but I do eat them. So don't think I don't, you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds great. It sounds like you're just honoring your body. You're listening yeah. to it. You're listening to the after effects of certain things. And one thing that you, you mentioned is that when you, you know, what is a cheat day? What, when you eat, you're making it a positive experience. You're not turning your favorite foods, whether they're the typical healthy foods or the typical unhealthy foods, you're not turning them into this negative situation where you just can't trust yourself around them. Yeah, and I do have to say too, I have... I've become way more conscious of what is in the food that I'm eating, especially mm -hmm. if I was pregnant with Ajax. Mm -hmm. It was like an innate thing. Like before, before Ajax, I really didn't care if I was eating organic or anything like that. I wasn't checking for like high fructose corn syrup. I just wasn't doing that. Just, just awareness, awareness over what you're putting in your body ingredients, trying to get more of those whole food, uh, less processed options in. Yeah. And also at the same time, not becoming too obsessed with that idea and realizing that, you know, one meal, one food is not going to make or break your health and your performance, but it is good to be aware of those ingredients just for your own, your own health and your own body. Mm -hmm. Allison, I'd love to ask you, it's a bit of a general question, but okay. how would you define a healthy dancer? Being able to understand that it's not the only thing about you. And it's mainly because at some point, your time on stage is going to end. Mm -hmm. And your relationship with that end of your career is only going to be healthy if you're able to understand like through it all that it can't be the only thing. Yeah. And yeah, such a good point. Yeah. And I, I would have to say that I didn't really understand that until after I had Ajax mm -hmm. because I didn't realize 
how selfish being a ballet dancer is mm -hmm. um, until I was unable to do the things I felt like I needed to do in order to, to be successful at work. Right. So I, I really feel like if you guys out there could find a balance mentally where you're able to go to work, come home, kind of step away from it, find other things, I feel like your relationship with ballet will be better. I think when we're in the ballet world, we feel like this is the only environment that's like this. And it's mm -hmm. not because, you know, my, my brother, one of my brothers is a musical theater artist, same relationship with musical theater. My other brother is a lawyer, same relationship with law. Mm -hmm. I feel like every time you try to attain a career of any sort, I feel like we all go th through the same thing. However, somehow like us ballerinas feel like it's only ballet that makes you feel like sure. this. I'm, I'm sure. pretty matter what we do, it's going to feel like that. I think you raise such a good point. You know, anyone who is pursuing a passion, whether it's a passion of dance, whether it's a passion of musical theater, whether it's a passion of law or of medicine, for example, um, it can be very easy to feel like you have tunnel vision. Yes. So I think it's super important to make sure that you are wearing multiple hats in your life. Um, Allison, for you, you're a mom. I believe you're a dog mom too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you, you wearing multiple hats is, is just important uh, for keeping your sanity and for knowing that, especially as a dancer, you know, one day your time on stage will come to an end and you want to be able to turn to other things in your life. Yeah, and I do want to say this too, and, and we say this to our, to our Art Emotion kids all the time, and we especially said it during this virtual time, because I know how hard it is for everyone out there to stay motivated while they're at home. Mm -hmm. And so... Of course we have, you know, you have to show up, right? There's, you, you know, you, you have to show up, but do you have to show up is the question that I started asking even myself. And I feel like what will make all of us a little bit healthier um, with our relationship with ballet is that there are going to be days where you're really tired, whether it be physically or mentally, and that you just don't want to do it. And what we've been forced to believe is that you have to push through those days. Mm -hmm. And all that does is breed an unhealthy environment with something that you love because it becomes um, not that. It's yeah. not what you love. You have a bad day and you, you go anyway. So what I was telling the kids, it's like, look, you're going to wake up. If you have a bad day, that's okay. You have two choices. You either step away from it that day. It's totally okay to stay home. Even as a professional, it's okay to take a sick day because that's a really bad thing that happens to all of us where even if we are physically ill, we still show up because we feel like we can't miss. Mm -hmm. But it applies to students as well. Or if you decide to push through it and you say, I am going to go to work today, I'm going to go to class today, then you go in 100% because that's the choice you made. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with, and I'm going to do better at this myself, like agreeing to go and then not working that day. Yeah. It's, yeah, not, it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your, your peers in any way. So it's like, be okay with taking a day if that's what you need mentally to, to sustain a healthy um, relationship with what you're doing. So important. You know, yeah. taking, sometimes taking two steps back to take a step forward is such a, it's such a simple phrase, but it's so true. And I think it's important as dancers to remember because we are uh, kind of geared from a young age to just push and push and push and continue and continue. And I think what you're doing, Allison, is you're really challenging uh, the 
the commonality of that um, mindset in dance, which is really amazing. Um, because taking a mental health day or taking just a physical day off just to rest, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's okay. And it's what you should do. And it goes back to listening to your body. And then the other thing that comes up, and I've told the kids this too, if you find that day after day after day after day, you feel like you don't want to be there, then you have to have the conversation with yourself. Do I want to be a dancer? Mm -hmm. And that as well is okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't define you. Again, if you walk away from this, whether you're a student or a professional, if you, if you hit that day where you're like, I'm just not, I don't want to do this anymore. We feel like we're failures. No, we're not. That is actually, you need courage to tell yourself the truth of what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is what I think will make a healthy dancer and a healthy person and a healthy parent and a healthy educator, which we all will be any one of those roles at some point in our life, whether or not we even realize it, you know? Yeah. So I, I would just say, you guys, you can't fight your truth. Yeah, I think really just knowing, um, starting to become aware of where you stand in your own personal life and, and yeah. being aware, just being aware of what you might want and the fact that what you wanted two years ago might not necessarily be what's right for you now and being okay, change is okay. Change can be really scary, but it actually is okay. Um, Allison, this has been so incredible speaking to you. I cannot thank you enough. You've given all the dancers watching this so much insight into really what a healthy dancer means, which is exactly why I wanted to do this. I do want to just say one more thing. And yeah, it's probably please do controversial. <laughs> but as as like, since we started owning Art Emotion, which is this is the sixth year we've done this. Mm -hmm. I would encourage I hope parents are also tuning into this. Yeah. Um, I want parents to understand this as much as the student. And what I find sometimes is that it's not that. Mm. And um, there are healthy environments for your children. And they're healthy environments that go against like the crappy norms that we've all been facing in so many ways. And taking them out of a toxic environment doesn't mean you're not giving your child a chance to succeed. And that's what I think happens is the pressure. It's like, no, your kid has to be doing this in order to become professional. Well, that's a bunch mm -hmm. of crap because I, I quit for five years. I went to college. I got my job when I was 24. I am not more of an exceptional dancer than anybody else who was auditioning. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. if your kid is starting to get burnt out, then you have to listen to it. And I know we all, as and I'm talking as a parent, like this is something that I'm going to try to do my best at is we feel like we always know what's best for our child. But what I feel like we have to do is kind of just listen a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to say that um, even for my own self, burnout is what caused me to start this career as a nutritionist for dancers. So if you are sensing that your child might be burnt out or you're sensing that they're in an environment that's not I, I feel like I've used this phrase a lot this during the session, but harvesting a healthy uh, mindset for them with dance, then realizing that changing the pace or changing the tune will not be a bad thing and can still allow them to, if they want, strive in the dance community, but in just a different 
um, avenue or a different way, or just taking a break, taking a break and coming back a few years later. It's mm -hmm. not impossible. Allison's telling you that that is not impossible to do that. You can get your career in your mid twenties mm -hmm. um, and not be denied of that. And it's hard. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. Like mm -hmm. I said, coming back physically, mentally was difficult. Um, even college and then trying to do it, but I'm not saying it's, I just feel like my relationship with ballet is different because of that. Um, because of the path I've taken and either good, either one or bad. Like it just, I just would just encourage both, you know, dancers, students and parents to go on that journey together. One thing I think that was born out of this whole COVID situation is now that there, now there are a lot of opportunities to, um, join studios that are virtual. Um, so if you perhaps live in a small town and that dance studio, because I feel like I've heard a lot of this, a lot about this with, with clients that I work with, they'll live in a small town. It's really the one studio that they have available. Um, and it's really not uh, breeding a healthy environment for them. Well, one good thing about COVID is that we actually do have a lot of virtual opportunities now. I know virtual can be difficult. I know it's even just difficult for myself to do classes virtually, but I will say the opportunities are out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, RD Motion has said from the beginning, and we put this in a curriculum on our website, we said, it's not okay to expect out of our kids at home what they're doing in the studio. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things I was hearing was, you know, we don't have a bar, we don't have a floor, we don't have mirrors, we don't have the perfect environments. Like, none of us do. And if a teacher is teaching as if you have that, then probably not a good idea to be there. Yeah, sure. Like, we have Definitely. to adapt in safe ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, the jumping at home, I've been ad adamant about it. You're not doing it unless you have tennis shoes on or a sprung floor. Sure, sure. And kids are like, oh. And, you know, I mean, like, we, we do open classes every Saturday, all levels, eight, eight and over. So we have, like, kids and adult dancers in there. And mm -hmm. actually, in August, we're going to add some extra classes during the week with some of our principal faculty um, but you guys could just see sort of like the environment that we create at RD Motion, which I'm proud of. And, um, you know, if, if people want to take those classes, come join us. And actually, uh, one of the things I'm planning on doing, I kind of lost track of it during the six weeks that we've been working on. But so I took class pregnant up until the mm. day of birth, but also like after pregnancy, I wore Ajax. And oh, I love that. That's so cool. Um, you know, probably some like kind of mommy or daddy and okay. me, classes, you know, sure. um, I'll that. things that I had heard from adult dancers. It's like, I have my kids at home. I'll be distra distracting. I'm like, are you joking me? Like we're all at home, animals, yeah. kids, you know, yeah. siblings. I'm like, it's not about a perfect environment. It's literally just about dancing and keeping your bodies healthy mm -hmm. and you can do it anywhere and and it's the idea that it has to be a perfect environment mm -hmm. that is the scary part for me mm -hmm. yeah uh one thing i, I also want to say because I'll, I'll get this question a lot too um it's important to realize that while you're home you and Allison, you basically said this you can't compare and you can't have expectations that you would have being in a studio and i i see this a lot with weight dancers will ask me about the couple pounds they've gained being yeah. at quarantine and there comes a point where you have to say, you know what, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You might not be exercising as much. You are sitting around more often. Mm -hmm. Just be patient with yourself. This, it's hard to see now because there is so much unknown, but this is a temporary situation. You will exactly. be back in a studio eventually. Yeah. And it's important to just be patient with it. Yeah. 
And I hope companies are too with their dancers. Yeah. None of sure. us back in the same shape we left. Um, yeah. Even if we were taking class at home every single day, it's just not possible to sustain eight hours of activity. Yeah, I just want people to just know that you're in charge of your own life, you guys. Nobody mm -hmm. else. And um, you're in charge of your choices as well. And I think it's important to hear everybody out, the good and the bad, actually. Mm -hmm. Don't block it out. Actually assess it and, and then make your choices for yourself that's best for you. Um, and that's what I think overall will make a healthy dancer. Absolutely. Allison, thank you so much, really. I mean, this insight has just been invaluable. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Ciao.